Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. So we're going over world changer culture, and they are the five H's. They are this, holy. Everybody say holy. Holy. Humble. Humble. Hungry. Hungry. Honorable. Honorable. And healthy. That's our culture. All right? That's world changer culture. Holy. And if you go to church here, you say it like this, holy, (laughs) because you guys have heard me say it like that uh, more than a few times. Sorry, not sorry. Um, Mama Heidi is my spiritual mom, so I've listened to her pray for a really long time. Holy are you, Lord. It just attracts the angels, doesn't it? It's like, okay, how many of you are in Romans chapter six? I got to get this sermon started because I got seven points and... It's probably going to take forever. I I literally have like 48 slides. Is anybody nervous right now? (laughs) Somebody in here is just, they're like, I set my crock pot wrong. Like, you know, I don't know. Anyways, okay. Romans chapter 6. Does anybody do crock pots anymore? Yeah, we're a new generation. We're on that Instapot, air fryer, post-Easter, joyful lifestyle. What's up? Okay, Romans chapter 6. If you're there, say, I'm there. there. Y'all, y'all came hungry? Okay, Romans 6. For just as you were once, as you once presented your members, all right, everybody say, my physical body. All right, BSSM, y'all help me preach, because I know y'all took a red eye to get here, and you're really sleepy, so just help me preach, all right? Just, just get after it. For just as you once presented your physical bodies as slaves to what? impurity and to lawlessness what did that lead to which led to more lawlessness so now everybody say so now this is that post Easter life alright so now present your physical bodies as slaves to what righteousness which leads to what sanctification everybody say holiness holy which leads to holiness. That's what sanctification is. Let's go on to, um, uh, continue. I think it's verse 21. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Some of you remember this. Maybe it wasn't that long ago. What, what is Paul saying here? He's saying that you felt no obligation to live holy, right? When I was living in sin, I felt no pressure to live a holy lifestyle. I lived a life of lawlessness. And you know what that got me? Exactly what Paul said. More lawlessness. Right? But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? This is so good, isn't it? What was the fruit of you living a sinful lifestyle. Paul tells us right here. He said, okay, yeah, you didn't feel any pressure to be holy, but what was the fruit of your behavior? What was the fruit of you giving your physical body to sin? Shame. That's what you lived in. We could probably all testify right now. Before I met Jesus, I lived in a big old pile of shame. Right? For the end of those things is what? Death. But now. Everybody say but now. That's that post-Easter life. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and it's in not death but eternal life for the wages of sin is death but the free gift you've been set free by a free gift the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our 
Lord. So the title of the sermon today is The Saints Code. <laughs> All right? Everybody say, The Saints Code. I said that in the first sermon. Everybody was like, what is that? The Saints Code. Okay, I have a pledge at the end of the sermon that I'm going to invite us all to take to live the lifestyle of a saint, which is holiness. So our first H is holy. So I've already, I've, I've already started an offensive sermon by declaring I'm going to talk about holiness in the midst of a culture where it is so subjective. But in the culture of the kingdom of Jesus, we've been given instructions on how to live a lifestyle of holiness, and it's called the Word of God. So, y'all ready for the saints code? So, Lord, we pray right now. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that it is life-giving, that it's good. Man, it's good. And so we choose right now to align our lives with your word. We thank you, Jesus, for being so good to us, for setting us free through the power of the cross, for redeeming us by your own blood, for placing us within yourself. We are a new creation because of your resurrection. And we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Could we just thank him? We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that post-Easter life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen, amen and amen and amen. So um, we have some words here uh, to the church at Rome from the Apostle Paul. And I love the Apostle Paul. Anybody else in here? He's so bold. Like I wish I was as bold as the Apostle Paul. I read what he writes sometimes and I'm like, that's not nice. But how many of you guys know there is a difference in kindness and niceties? There are moments when Paul is not nice and yet he's loving. There are moments when Jesus is not nice. Remember that? But he never sinned. I think our culture has confused a loving presentation of truth. You're being so mean to me. No, you just disagree with the word of God. You just, you're just mad at God. Take it up with him. Because my goal is to present the truth on a platter of grace in love. You guys with me? So Paul is like, hey, church at Rome, there's no gray area. You are a slave is what he says, which the word there means bond slave, which means belonging to someone. So Paul says, church at Rome, make your choice. Who are you going to belong to? Because you belong to someone. We all do. We all do. You do. I do. We all belong to someone or something. And Paul makes it very clear for us. He says, you're either going to belong to sin, which is lawlessness, which leads to more lawlessness, which, you, which leads to you having a life experience of absolute shame, which eventually is going to lead to death. So, there you go. There's the wide road that Jesus referred to, right? Or, woo, thank you, Lord, for this invitation. Or... You can choose to belong to Jesus, which is choosing life, which leads to eternal life, and the fruit of your life is life. There has been no better deal 
ever offered humanity. So who do you want to belong to this morning, Legacy? Do you want to belong to our Savior? Or do you want to belong to sin? It's a very, it's a very, very clear choice. And to belong to Jesus means becoming more like Jesus. Okay, it's a simple statement, but please catch it, okay? Belonging to Jesus, here's what it looks like, becoming more like Jesus. I'm just going to say it one more time. I realize that it is very fundamental, but it's not elementary. Okay? Belonging to Jesus. If you are a bond servant of Christ, here's what it looks like. You're walking with him in intimacy, and he's transforming you into his own image. Right? So I'm becoming more like Jesus the longer I walk with Jesus. And this is what Paul refers to as sanctification. Okay? So to belong to Jesus means to become more like Jesus over time as you submit your members. Did we? You guys read the same Romans 6? As we present our physical bodies, that has to do with our choices. Y'all didn't come ready for 11.8. Listen, I drank a Red Bull way too fast in the back, okay? Like, for real, I did. So that means to present, I was like, I was like, I didn't know if it was the worship or the bull. Anyways, so. It means to present, did y'all read the same? My bad, I'm way too hyped, I'm so sorry. So, did y'all read the same Romans 6? So this is what sanctification looks like. It means, here I am God, I present to you my physical body. For sanctification and for holiness. This way leads to life. That means I present my hands, so how I work. I, I, I present my feet uh, where I go. I present my mind how I think. I present my mouth. Oh, no. How I talk. I present my eyes. What I look at. I present my ears, what I listen to, right? I'm presenting myself, who I hang out with. And what Paul says is you can either present yourself to a lifestyle of sin and you can live as a slave to sin, which is going to lead to shame, which is going to lead to death, or, man, there's a great alternative and his name is Jesus. Isn't this good? This is so good. And holiness is, holiness is one of those things that like, we don't really hear a lot of sermons about. And I understand why. Because it is offensive. It is. It's offensive. It really is. And we have, for whatever reason, developed a standard for good preaching that is if you're convicted when you hear the message or not. So people will come up to me and be like, Great word, Pastor. You stepped all over my toes today. I'm like, when did conviction become the standard for how good a sermon is? I don't care if you're convicted. I care if you're transformed. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, what a great, what a great word. And then we go out on Monday and we don't present our members any differently than we did on Saturday night. We're, we're talking about that post-resurrection lifestyle. We're talking about that holy lifestyle, that lifestyle of holiness that says, I'm going to become more like Jesus come hell or high water. It doesn't matter what comes against me. I am going to become more like Jesus. It doesn't matter who's got something to say about it. I am going to become more like Jesus. They can call me religious if they want to. They can call me conservative if they want to. They can call me a liberal if they want to. I don't know. Just put a label on it. Because people are going to call you names. But at the end of the day, you say, this is the one focus that I have. I am going to become more like Jesus no matter what it costs me. No matter what it looks like, I'm staying stuck 
on him. I'm living that post-Easter lifestyle of holiness. And I can promise you, if you live that way, you are going to stir up some mess. Jesus, the holiest man that ever walked planet Earth, what became of him? Holiness irritates demons. Just bothers them to no end. And yet, this is the lifestyle that Jesus calls us into. And holiness has always been the lifestyle that God has called his people into. If you look in the Old Testament, I want to go through the Old and the New Testament real quick. Is that cool? Not the whole thing, but like holiness. All right. Holiness, okay, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Throughout the entirety of the Bible, holy or holiness is mentioned, guess how many times? 900 times. Holy, the word holy is actually an important word to God. That's why it's mentioned so many times throughout Scripture. Whenever God, or in this case Jesus, to make it personal, decided to identify his own spirit... What did he say? I give you my Holy Spirit. God's chief attribute is holiness. Therefore, we must desire that it become ours. Before we are anything else, we must want to become holy. Why, why didn't God say, hey, I'm going to give you my spirit, and it's going to be the spirit of love? He could have called it that. He could have said, hey, here's my spirit. It's the powerful spirit. Is the Holy Spirit not powerful? Of course it is. Here's my spirit of glory. Is the Holy Spirit not glorious? Of course he is. But when God identified himself, in spiritual personification, if I could use that term, persona, person, however you want to look, look at it. He said, this is my Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. So my Holy Spirit, whenever the disciples said, hey, Jesus, how do we pray good? Yeah. He said, well, you pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven. Yeah. Right? Before you identify God as anything, you got to start right here. God is holy. He's holy. He is holy, man. <laughs> see, you, you see who's been here for a while? <laughs> He's holy. He's very holy. In the Old Testament, when you look at the primary word used for holy, here's what it means. Defined. It means to cut. Weird. Right? It also means to separate. That's what it means. Like the word, the primary word holy in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, means to cut and to separate. What does that mean? To, to, to cut and to separate away from anything that is impure or evil. Not only is it to separate from sin, it is also to stand apart from creation itself. So when you think of holiness in the Old Testament, you got to think about it in two ways. Number one is this. God is holy in that he is perfectly separate. Everybody say perfectly separate. God stands out from his creation. Therefore, the universe is not God. But God created the universe. God is holy in that he stands separate from all of his creation. No, no, no. I have supreme power over it all. I'm holy. There's no one like you in the heavens or on earth. Right. I'm, BS says, I'm a terrible singer, but I do it all the time. So just get used to it. It's just the way it works around here. Welcome to the holy culture. And so he stands, <laughs> he stands aside. He's sovereignly in charge of it all. 
He's holy. So he's perfectly separate. Everybody say he's perfectly separate. So we see this in the lifestyle of God's people in the Old Testament, don't we? Israel, separate yourself. Stand out. Separate yourself from the world. But we also see that God is holy in another way, and that is that he is perfectly pure. Everybody say perfectly pure. Right? Which means he has nothing to do with impurity. He has nothing to do with sinfulness. He has nothing to do with evil. No, and, and that is what we tend to think of, right, when we think about holiness. And we're like, that's, I don't even know if that's possible at all. But you notice in the Old Testament that God actually gives holy prescriptions or holy practices. We may call them ceremonies. We may call them rituals. He gives them to the people of God. They've not received the Holy Spirit yet. They don't have God living on the inside of them. They still have to go and visit God at the temple in the holies of holies. There's another one. The holies of holies. God is holy. And so he, he, he tells his people in the Old Testament, here's how you stand out. Here's, here's how you're separate. Here's how you stand out and you show yourself to be different. Here's how you show yourself to be my people. And here's how you also avoid sin. Here's how you stay away from evil. Here's how you stay away from impurity. You don't eat this. You don't eat that. You don't go there. And then the more holy that God called you to be, the more ceremonious your life needed to be. Right? So the more involved in God's ministry that he called you to be, right, the more ritualistic your life had to be, which is always confusing for me today when people are like, I'm called to ministry. I'm like, you're called to holiness. No, I don't, I'm not trying to hear all that, bro. Okay, well, there's going to be some rituals, and I'm not talking about weird stuff. I'm talking about consistency, doing the same thing over and over and over again, God's way. I'm not trying to be religious, bro. Right? Listen, some of us could stand to be a bit more religious. It's, it's true. It's true. And I, I know why you don't want to be religious. I totally get it. Because moving from the Old Testament into the New Testament, it is the religious people that really did not like Jesus. And it is the religious people that Jesus consistently rebukes. Right? So when we start thinking about holiness in the Old Testament, and we think about how they had to be ceremonious and how they had to be ritualistic and how they had to go to the temple at this time and how they had to offer these sacrifices during this season. And if you look at the lifestyle of the priests, they had to go through consecration ceremonies that were even an increase to the people that just attended the synagogue. And then you had people like the Nazarites who had to go through ceremonious cleansings where they couldn't even cut their hair or they shaved all of the hair off their whole body, eyebrows too. They didn't drink alcohol. They didn't go near dead bodies. They became more ceremoniously, ritualistically pure. Then you have the prophets. The prophets are going through all kinds of crazy stuff. I want to be in ministry. You sure? That's why they call it a high calling. Be careful what you ask for. Honestly. And I do think... Many of us could stand to be way more religious than we are. Listen, Jesus, your Savior, was way more yes. religious yes. than you'll ever be. Yes. Oh, this is, I know this doesn't fit into the pop culture narrative, but Jesus was, can we remember together, an Orthodox Jew. My guy went to church like three times a day on most days. How many of us would still be Christians? You have to go to church three times a day. It got quiet all of a sudden. Hey, there are, there, 
There are fast days, fast. What do you mean? Like when I don't play PlayStation? No, no, I'm talking about when you don't eat food. <laughs> I'm getting into some trouble, I can tell. Some of us could stand to be a little bit more religious. And I understand why you don't want to be religious. Okay, I, I do get it. I do get it. Because we look at the people who oppose Jesus and we're like, those are the religious people. Those are the Jewish Pharisees. Those are the Jewish Sadducees. And they are terrible people. And Jesus always rebuked them. And Jesus always had something to say about them. But can I tell you this? That Jesus never rebuked the Pharisees for doing the ceremonious things that God told them to do in the Old Testament. Find it. You, you, you will not find it because that wasn't the point of the rebuke. We often think that it is, and then we use that as an unreasonable excuse not to do anything that would require consistent effort. And we do it in the name of, well, I don't want to be religious. Jesus never rebuked the religious people because they were doing religious things. The reason why Jesus rebuked them is because they were doing religious things at the expense of becoming more like him, which is holy. He said, oh, you confess me with your lips, but see, your heart is far from me. You go to the synagogue and you, you know, you... You're doing the Lou Engle shuffle and you're going back and forth so that everybody can see you pray. You're doing the religious behaviors and I ain't really got any problem with that. Even when he talked about tithing, he's like, you guys tithe on mint? Like from your herb gardens, you give a tenth. And what did Jesus say? And you should. It's, it's not that Jesus has any problems with the religious consistency or the religious outward behaviors. It's that he has a problem with us doing all of that and withholding our members, not presenting our physical bodies to holiness, to righteousness, going through the process of sanctification, of walking with him and consistently surrendering our all especially when he asks us to do things that we don't necessarily qualify as sin. That, that's what happens. Like the Holy Spirit's like, hey, don't binge Netflix tonight. Spend some time in prayer. That couldn't be God. <laughs> Netflix is not a sin. Right? That's what we do. It's true though, right? So we start to justify in our head what is sinful and what is not, but anything done in disobedience, the Bible says, is sin. I, I'm sorry. Have I ruined your Sunday? Listen, I want to raise the bar. We are called to be world changers. This thing's supposed to be Nashville, to the nations and it's not going to happen unless we are willing to present our physical bodies here I am Lord do whatever you want I'm walking with you to become like you to do what you've called me to do and it doesn't matter what you ask me to give up you're worth it it doesn't matter what you ask me to leave behind you're worthy of it it doesn't matter what you want me to do I'll do it so long as I get to be with you because I know my reward will be eternal life becoming holy is becoming an ultimate pleasure seeker think about it why is it that we don't want to become holy we start thinking about all the things that we're going to have to give up and we're like no 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 I cannot give up my pleasures the reason he's asking for it is because it has a place in your heart that he wants and it's only a counterfeit by comparison to everything that he has for you. So when you say, no, no, I'm going to walk a lifestyle of holiness, you're not rejecting pleasure. You're giving yourself permission to become an ultimate pleasure seeker. 
because you know that what God has for you is so much greater than anything the world could ever have for you. And yeah, you might be momentarily entertained by binge-watching binge Netflix when the Holy Spirit has asked you not to, but we don't live to be entertained. We don't live to be stimulated. We live to be sanctified. We live to be encountered. And we're living for something greater than anything that could temporarily satisfy. We're living for eternal life. Is anybody getting anything out of this so far? So what you see in the New Testament is you see a shift from ceremony, outward ceremony, to internal character. That's what you see, right? So the Lord kind of takes it from, from ceremony to character, which is why you actually see a difference in the definition of what the word holy means in the New Testament Greek. Instead of it meaning to cut or to separate, to, you know, to distance yourself from, it actually means God-likeness. So it takes on a different definition which has everything to do with internal character. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit went from, he's there in the holies of holies, to he's here in the holies of holies. Right? In the Old Testament, it's like, man, I don't want to touch that. I might become unholy. In the New Testament, it's like, let me touch that because it's about to become holy. Right? Instead of pulling people out of culture, the New Testament's like, no, get 70, put my spirit on them, go into the culture. Sorry for the Benny Hinn thing. But read Mark chapter 10 and you will see that it is biblical. So don't get offended by it. But also, don't be weird if you try to do it. Maybe just don't do it. <laughs> just let Jesus do it. And if you're going to try, please put a mint in. Please. It's not holy for an intercessor to have bad breath. So in the New Testament, we see this shift, right? Welcome to our church. What's up? Uh, so in the... Jasmine's never coming back. So, JK. Uh, so we see this like Old Testament ceremony. We see this New Testament, you know, character. And the reason for that is because the Holy Spirit comes to live in here. And so the New Testament calls it God-likeness and talks about God being holy as, it, as the Bible always has throughout the Old Testament. But then it starts talking about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is holy, which has come to live on the inside of us. And it talks about the Son, whose name is Jesus, who is also... That's okay, I didn't set you up well. The Son, whose name is Jesus, and He is also holy. And then we also have, guess what else the Bible calls holy in the New Testament? You're not going to believe this. Something super religious. The church! Right? He said, the church is holy. So we see holiness really has an expansion. There is an upgrade. And God doesn't simply talk about the church as a collection of people as holy. God singles you out and says, I didn't just die for this organization. I died for Cooper. <laughs> Isn't that good? I, I, didn't, I didn't just die so y'all could, you know, build big ministries in 2021. Like, I died for Todd. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so we, we see this shift from, from the ceremony to the character. And God doesn't just say, my whole church is holy. He said, no, no, the individual is now holy, uh, 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? A people for his own possession. Doesn't that sound like a bond slave, a bond servant, right? Present your members. God owns you post-Easter lifestyle. But man, we don't like that. I ain't going to let nobody control me. Yes. 
It's not control when you're in love. Go ahead, meet the girl of your dreams. <laughs> no problem. I will do anything you ask me. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it is. You want me to go get you Taco Bell at 3 a.m.? I am in. My concern is why are you dating a chick that wants Taco Bell at 3? <laughs> you better go get some Dino's burgers. Hey. <laughs> Everybody's getting hungry now. I got to finish, okay? I got to finish. All right, here's the Saints Code. All right, seven pledges for the Saints Code. You guys ready for it? It is practical holiness. All right? So I believe you got to take the spiritual and you got to make it practical. And whenever uh, Paul tells us to present our physical bodies to sanctification, he makes it practical. And so I'm going to give you some practical scriptures on the, I've called it the saints code, but really uh, even in the Old Testament in Leviticus, you can actually read a good chunk of that book. And uh, some theologians would entitle that the priest code. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So priests live by a different standard. Yeah. The New Testament teaches us that we are all kings and priests. So therefore we live by a different standard. And we have the Holy Spirit that helps us do that. Pledge number one is this. I pledge to reflect God's character in everything that I do. You're looking, how would God steward this situation? Lord, I'm confused. And I know you're not the author of confusion. And I know you've been there and you've done that because you've been tempted in every way that I ever could. That's what it means. You're the high priest. You're empathizing with my weaknesses. How would you handle this situation? Because I want to move forward with clean hands and a pure heart. I want to become more like you. I want to walk in holiness and be sanctified. And so I'm going to allow this test in my life to help me grow in God-likeness. What do I do here, Lord? That's called wisdom. Wisdom. 1 Peter 1.15, it says, As he who called you is holy... You also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. We're not looking to kick Jesus out of any scenario in our lives, no matter how seemingly insignificant you may deem it to be. He is Lord. He wants to reign supreme over it all. He is intimate. Therefore, he wants to be involved in it all. There is nothing so small in your world that God could care less about. He is looking expectantly for an invitation to step into that place and show you what it looks like to love the world the way he does. That's what it means to be holy. I'm looking to be holy in all of my contact. Pledge number two. I pledge to live differently to despise what defiles. Now, I, I'm not talking, like, I think we've got to go from this place of, like, playing patty cake with what defiles. It ain't, it, ain't, it ain't really a big deal. I'm about to meddle for about 30 seconds. Is that okay? It ain't, it, ain't, it ain't really a big deal. I just fast forward through the raunchy parts. I, I knew I wasn't going to get that many amens. I get it. I know. But we've got to come to a point where we despise what defiles. You know, I follow that account on the gram and 90% of it is funny, but every now and then, like one, one out of 10, man, they just, they sneak in that booty pic. But I don't look at it. So quiet in here. I just scroll through it. For some of us to despise what defiles, we just gotta never tap the explore page. My bad, just too practical. Let me get back to it. A little bit more spiritual. <laughs> I told you I was gonna meddle. Is my 30 seconds up? We've gotta to come to a point where we literally despise it. No, no, no. I, 
I despise it. I despise what defiles, right? That's Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, competition and comparison, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness. Despise what defiles. You know you've had enough to drink. Keep them coming. I don't want, I, I want, I don't want to be religious. Divisions. <laughs> I hope y'all come back next week. Envy, <laughs> drunkenness, orgies. Paul put it all in the list, man. And things like these, all right? I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It, it helps to be reminded of these truths. They're not nice, but they're given in love. There are days that Jesus cuddles you. But he didn't come to cuddle you. He came to transform you. <laughs> that can't be God. It's challenging. Jesus, right? You know what I'm saying, Tasty? <laughs> I cannot be the Lord. He's asking me to give up where I get all of my identity from. <laughs> if it defiles me, I want it out of my life. I want to be intolerant of it. I want to be aggressive about it. Uh, pledge number three. I pledge to obey God's word, to do what God says to do. I pledge to be obedient. I want to be holy. Psalm 119.9. How can a young man keep his way pure? The Bible says by guarding it according to your word. And, and when he said your word, whose word was he talking about? God's, not mine. I know it's popular today to find your truth, bay, or whatever. Right? You do you, boo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Discover your truth. No? Truth is not subjective. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say. It's not. Truth is what God says. Religion is what man says God says. But truth is what God says. And Jesus is the way. And he is the life. According to God's word, not according to my word. My job as a believer, as a disciple, as someone growing in holiness, is not to look to see how I can conform the truth to my lifestyle. My goal has to be, how do I conform my lifestyle to the truth? Because the truth is not in here. The truth is not out there. The, the truth is Jesus. And if he lives in here, then it's there. But when people say, I'm going to find my truth, what they have to be saying is, I'm going to find Jesus. If you're looking for truth, let me tell you, you're looking for him. You're looking for him. Unfortunately, you don't get to define what truth is. God didn't ask you to vote when he wrote the Bible. 
Romans 7, 12. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and it's righteous and good. Pledge number four. I pledge to love people. I pledge to love people, especially the poor, especially the disadvantaged, especially the weak, especially the marginalized, especially the people that we think that Jesus would never be caught dead hanging out with are the exact type people you find them with so often. He's always hanging out with them. James 1.27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans, to visit widows in their affliction, to keep oneself unstained from the world. It's to love people, especially the poor, especially the disadvantaged. Number five, I pledge to be passionate about truth. Leviticus 19.15, you shall do no injustice in judgment. You know what that means? You shall not pervert the truth. You shall not dilute the truth. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great. That means you don't change your truth on the basis of who you hang out with. Well, this person could probably bless me, so I'm going to change the person that I am to be who they need to be to become so I can get something from them. No, I'm carrying truth into that atmosphere. And I'm also carrying truth into the atmosphere where nobody can do anything for me. Number six, I pledge to be passionate about sexual purity. I had to sneak it in one more time. Because we need to hear it. We need to be delivered of sexual impurity. We need to be spiritually delivered from addictions, from pornography, from sexual addictions of every kind we need to be delivered uh, look at first thessalonians chapter 4 for this is the will of god what's the will of god your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and in honor not in the passion of lust like people who don't know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us to impurity. God has called us to holiness. Here's the last one. I pledge to keep a pure heart and consistently develop in my character. Just like I shared with you guys, you know, just never graduate. Just, just... Never get to that place of, you know, you go through all the religious motions, but you don't allow any of the motions to have the Lord touch you and change you and transform you. Stay pure in your heart. Consistently develop in your character. Colossians chapter 3. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. This is what it looks like to grow in our character. And if we're going to be passionate about truth, can I be honest? We have to grow in our character. No one cares what you have to say if you are that mean when you say it. And here's the great news as we're closing. 2 Peter 1.4 By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. So that through them, you may become partakers of what? God's divine nature. That's God's character. That's us becoming more like God. How can we do that? By the Holy Spirit. By the grace of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I want to invite us all to work hard in our lives for holiness. It's not that we earn it by striving, but that we're intentional because we're in love. We work hard for holiness. And that's the last scripture, Hebrews 12 and 13. Strive for peace with everyone, but what else? And for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Wow. Holiness is our key to seeing God. You want to have more encounters? Yes. Yield your physical body. You want to see God move in your life? I yield my physical body, Lord. I yield. I yield my thoughts. I yield my hands. I yield my feet. I yield my mouth. I, I yield my eyes. I, I, I yield. I yield myself. I surrender myself to walk with you, to become more like you, to allow you to sanctify me. So let's, let's stand and pray.
I think this is going to be a good decision for us to make today. What do you guys think, church? I think this is going to be a good choice for all of us to make. What do you think, church? For all of us to say, Lord, I, I just surrender again. Could we do that right now? Let's just pray together, please. Lord, we just, we surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our physical bodies to you, Lord. We surrender our minds, our hearts, our will, our emotions, just all of who we are. We surrender again. We surrender again, Lord. Lord, we present, as Paul said, we present our physical bodies, our members, to you. We long for the life that you give Jesus, that post-Easter resurrection lifestyle. We long for that, Lord. We long for that, Lord. We long for that, Lord. We long for everything that you have for me. Lord, I just declare no more bored Christians. I just declare that today. No more bored Christians. If you're bored, just surrender that body. If you're living a life exempt of all adventure, just surrender that body again. Not enough movement happening in your world just surrender your members lord make us holy as you are holy holy spirit walk with us mold us shape us make us into the people you've called us to become to be world changers to live out this 5-h culture lord as a house lord we want you more than anything else and even when we don't god help us in our weaknesses bear with us give us your grace so that we might stick close to you. You are the friend that sticks closer than a brother. So we ask you, Lord, transform us more into your image today. We take this pledge. Do you take this pledge, church? Come on, everybody just say it with me. Say, I take this pledge. To walk with Jesus in his life of holiness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we all just rejoice and just lift a big round of applause to Jesus? We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.